0: brand spanking new episode of theloftestparty.com. We have a fantastic guest. The guitar guy is with us. Mr. Brian Hager has seen his shadow, and he's coming... He's coming to us uh, from... Where where are you at? Where are you located, buddy? Where are you at now? You don't have to disclose that if you don't want to.
1: I am in uh, the lovely town of Bennington, Vermont. Woo! Now...
0: Now, maybe people haven't caught you on, on the show before. This is, uh, this is a return appearance, a very rare return appearance. But you're an L.A. guy. You're an yeah. L.A. guy. Uh, not only an incredibly uh, talented comedian, and you've, you've traveled the world, you've, you've toured globally, and before that, you're like, your real job. Before that, guitar, wonderful man. You like studio musician, all things good music. What a what an amazing career you're having, Brian.
1: It it has been a fun ride. I've been blessed, and I uh, coincidentally, yeah, I almost went with guitar wonderful man instead of guitar guy, but uh, I think mean, you yes. know it was a little catchier with guitar guy, so we went that direction. That's the same
0: thing. Same thing. Pizza Hut did. They only had enough room on the sign. For the three letters, so that's what you did instead of guitar, wonderful man. You went guitar guy. That's right. That's fantastic. Now uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be yes we're gonna be talking some about music. We're gonna be talking about other projects uh, that we have going on because because the hustle is real. The hustle is real. We'll also be if you're not gonna be shy, I'd love to talk about some news as well.
1: Yeah, I can do that. Boom, boom.
0: Okay, so first and foremost uh brian stelter gone at cnn out what are your thoughts knee-jerk reaction buddy
1: um i don't know i think that's i think it's a great loss for cnn because I (laughs) I, i do i think it's a great loss for them i think he was their the you know their banner carrier he was the guy he was uh you know he was their Jimi hendrix he
0: was their reliable sources
1: Exactly. And and uh, so I think they I think they hurt their brand by uh, by losing him. I'm being dead serious. I do. I think that they they hurt their brand. And it's a glorious thing that they hurt their brand, because I don't care much for it. And I think he's I think he's a propagandist and an imbecile. But I mean, CNN, you know, it's like MSNBC. They do what they do. They sell propaganda. They sell left-wing propaganda. And he was good at it. He was good. There's a ton of left-wing people that are heartbroken right now that he's gone. Wow, so, yeah. You know? So yeah, it, it, it's fun to watch, though, you know? It's, I have to admit, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, What's the what's the word Schadenfreude? Is that what they call it?
0: Yeah, I always I, I can never remember that one Schadenfreude. That's the that's the I always call it the German emotion. <laughs> that's right. It's like where something you're you, you what you take delight in something bad happening to other people.
1: Yeah, exactly. The Germans have a word for all that stuff. You know, it's like what, is there a word for when you torture animals and you have uh, an erection at the same time? It's like yeah, there's a German word for that. You know? <laughs> I guarantee it. They're, it's uh...
0: like Alaskans, Eskimos have all those different words for snow. <laughs> Germans, Germans have a word for every kind of creepy happiness. Exactly. You see, yes. you see a cat fall out of a tree and you're disappointed when it walks away. A... <laughs> <laughs> when you think a puppy exactly. got hurt, but it didn't. <laughs>
1: nine smell they're all happy and pick up a word for it yeah
0: Quickly, quickly my pen and frodden uh, okay i don't know i don't know if i'm i'm hearing rumors uh that that don lemon may be next that they may not i'm hearing conflicting stuff that uh uh maybe lemon's safe i don't know it's cnn if i was in if i was the new guy who took over and, and The whole trick to me of of this whole thing is appearing to the masses as if you're not biased, you know, like once once there's this avalanche of everybody going, oof, get CNN off. That's just it's garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. They've been doing nothing but lie, you know, for the past five, six years, really. Uh, Then you got to come in and you go, "Okay, we need a whole new set of liars. You know we're 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 committed to bringing you the truth, and now it's going to be journalism. So then you just get you get a new Brian Stetter and you get a new Don Lemon, you get a new uh, person just to come out. Right? It's just it's just it's just exactly. a suit.
1: Yeah, and you keep your moderates, you keep your Jake Tappers, and yeah. and Jake is not moderate at all. Jake is a left wing propagandist. He's just not as ridiculous as Lemon Stelter or Cuomo. Yeah. But. But, uh, yeah, the, and the guy came in, he said he wants to do more news, more straight ahead stuff. And, you know, it, there's no way they can do that without getting rid of Lemon. I He's think, think so, too. be front and center. And then they can still, they're always going to slant left. There's no way in the world they're ever going to be even. It's not yeah. going to happen. You know, they got Anderson Cooper on, for God's sake. It's like that's their man in the middle. So uh, it's ridiculous. So, but they can, I, I think they can uh, gain some of their credibility back by, f- for their audience. Yeah. They're never going to gain it with me again. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been done with them since Ted Turner gave them up 20 years ago. But, uh, you know, they, I think they could do something to salvage their, their name and, and hang on to some of that uh those moderate Democrats.
0: It's, it's hard to really wrap your brain around and like, maybe this is somebody's first time listening to the podcast or, 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 whatever. I just want to remind everybody. Uh, when you think about the mainstream media in, in total, the whole thing, just like how spectacularly wrong they have been about ginormous events For years and years and years and years, you know, the whole Trump-Russia collusion. And then they were questioning the outcome of the election and all the election deniers on the left. And then, oh, my gosh, the impeachment of Trump and then the next impeachment of Trump and then uh, COVID and bat soup and, oh, get the shots. There's no side effects. You'll never get COVID. It's crazy. It's
1: almost. And now now Ukraine. Yes. it's, It's never ending.
0: Which is just astounding to me. And I don't think that people in America or maybe the world, whatever, maybe people are becoming aware of it. But it's like, wow, well, if you look at that track record, you're like, not only do people need to be fired, like, we need to get rid of the whole channel. <laughs> it's like, it, this goes beyond just, like, changing, uh, changing the guy behind the desk. It's, it's really staggering when you think about it.
1: It is. It is, and they're uh, and they're wonderful compared to MSNBC. You know? like, MSNBC is like the Babylon B of the left. They're just like they're just making shit up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: would. I I have to admit, I, I would take like a really like I'm sure there's a German word for it. A uh, <laughs> a, a perverse joy in watching Rachel Maddow. I always wanted to do like a Rachel Maddow skit because just like her show, and just it was all based on hearsay, based on you know anonymous sources, based on there. I heard from a dude there might be a person who's gonna find a receipt from Trump's taxi ride in nineteen. It was just (laughs) and and like she'd have like these twenty minute run ups. And to, a, to and then the rest of it, it's all just nothing, just
1: nothing. Do you remember when she had his taxes? Yes. And we have his taxes. We're kind of, and then it was like the cover page. It was like <laughs> the fax page for his taxes. That's all she had. She had nothing. She had that is, and it was from one of his corporations. It wasn't even like his personal taxes. It was a corporation and it was a fax page cover page. And that was her. She did two hours on that.
0: Yes. And and it's just, it would always boggle my mind. And all of this is like after the Mueller probe, you know, and the walls are closing in, the walls are closing in. And it's like, people are still doing it to this day sure. uh, with, with Trump, you know, so, Ooh, now the, we'll get to the FBI uh, raid in a little bit. Uh, but it, it's always this like, Ooh, now we got him. Oh, we got, Oh, he's got to testify in New York about his taxes. And I'm always just like, do you not think fucking Mueller looked at those tax? Do you think? Do you think the Mueller probe and his army of lawyers didn't like go over that shit with a fine tooth comb?
1: Yeah, if there was anything there, obviously they would have brought it up. You know, yeah, that's what they were—that's what they were there for. They were there to sabotage him. And if they could have found anything, if they'd have found a jaywalking ticket, that thing would have come up.
0: Yes. Yes, and then. And then now it's like I it's like this really uh it's a it's a dangerous place for the country. I mean, there's a lot of good to be said. I, I love all the people who are uh you know up in arms over this FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago and and who was in charge of the raid. I mean the people doing the raid on Mar-a Lago are under an active investigation from Durham right now. And <laughs> which is Just completely horrible, and then you bring in the Gretchen Whitmer, you know, fake, uh, you know, kidnapping plot and all that crap. I want. I I think we should be screaming uh, about disbanding the FBI to high heavens. I mean, listen, and 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 I know the FBI does have a a job to do. We need we need protection. We need people who can do that investigative work. Blah 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 blah. I'm just saying the FBI is going to have to look a whole lot different and and uh, i i don't trust him at all and i think anybody who does is a a freaking idiot and that's when you get really scared is when msnbc and cnn are like hey now the right wing back to blue now they want to defund the fbi you need to trust the fbi the fbi that's when you know something's really wrong when
1: they're like it's it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying that our own, the DOJ and the FBI are, have been politicized against us. Yes, it's, it's terrifying. It is. It's like, and you know, you, you hate to start comparing shit to, you know, Nazi Germany or, or, you know, Stalinist Russia or anything like that. But damn, you know, this is, <laughs> this is exactly the stuff they did before the shit hit the fan. Exactly. And we've never even approached anything like this before. You know, we've never been anywhere near this area, and and it is—it's scary as hell. You wonder um, where where it stops, or has it gone too far already? Can we stop it?
0: You know, and I think I think we're at that point where we need a boatload of people to keep raising holy hell about it. Because here's what here's the latest tactic. Well, it's not the latest, but it's like. So you have a you have a you have a DOJ and an FBI and, and they only persecute a certain they only go after a certain, you know, type of person that has a, uh, you know, a, a giant R in front of their name. You know, they only go after one side. And then you see these people on social media and you're seeing it from journalists, too. They go, ooh look at all the indictments. That's a lot of indictments for Trump people. ooh that's a lot. Like, OK, so. Indictments aren't a proof of anything you know it, just just because you oh i I've, I've rounded up all these people for questioning ergo what they must be guilty and, and if you're not prosecuting the other side then but there's there's an emotional component to that i think that like the common everyday american they look around they check in on the news they go oh shit ooh that's a lot of indictments of those trump people they must be you know there must be something there and i think of that's course, yeah. yeah that's the tactic you know, and it, and it works. It works. And, the, and they're just going at it full tilt boogie.
1: Yeah, the whole Trump derangement syndrome is absolutely real and people see what they want to see. And uh, they look at all of this like it's completely true. And yeah. there are, it's, it it's boggles my mind when I go on Twitter and see how many people truly, truly believe that Trump is going to jail. Yes, that he is going to jail. It's it's like for what? <laughs> oh, they haven't shown you yet, but you just wait. You know, yes. again, the walls are closing in, and there. But there's never anything there, and just the idea that they're so convinced. It's like what are you, what are you looking at that I'm not looking at? What are you show me? You know, and, but it's the Adam they, Schiff thing. It's like yes. they they have nothing to show you. All they do is just run their mouths and and lie, and you know, it, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't get us anywhere, and it certainly handcuffed Trump's whole presidency. It's, it's remarkable what he got accomplished when you consider that day one the FBI was after him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is that – is, that's a whole show unto itself because not only did he have those guys – I mean, this is when you get into deep state stuff. You had people on the right – you know, hamstringing him as well.
1: Yeah, the rhinos absolutely. Yeah.
0: Which is now why they, I, it, it, they have to do everything they can to not let him have a second term, because then all bets are off. Then he's truly, then it's, then it's Trump unleashed. And I that's think that's exactly that, right
1: because he's not going to trust McConnell. He's not going to trust any of those people.
0: Nope. No. No. None of the brainiacs. None of the brainiacs who talked him out of building a wall. They're like, oh, don't don't build a wall. Do these tax breaks uh, that that are there's there was a clock on them for the middle class, you know. Oh, these these, yeah. these tax breaks for the middle class that'll that'll uh, freaking wear out in a couple of years. Okay, I want to go back uh, to the FBI because I don't know if you saw this, but uh, uh, we did a song about the FBI.
1: <laughs> I did. I Are, did see. It. it was hilarious. I was jealous that I wasn't a part of it. I wanted you down there, guy. I wanted you down there. I know it.
0: Uh, if you wouldn't, we could have used you. the 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 rhymes were a little, were a little iffy. Now, which ver, which version did you see? Because we did a live version, uh, the night of the show, uh, and then I'm like, oh, we can do that better. We can do that better. So I went back uh, to the America First Warehouse. And uh, my buddy, uh, Paul Bond, I don't know right. if you know, uh, Paul, uh, a very funny guy, and he was uh, Jim Brewer many, many moons ago, did like a heavy metal rock and roll comedy right. tour thing. And Paul was his guitarist. And if you if you look at the FBI video that that we did, Paul, Bond, he does uh, he does um, uh, Angus Young's uh mouth when he when he plays the guitar he does that you know like (laughs) it makes me laugh so hard
1: hilarious yeah that's the one i saw i saw the the uh not the show but the the one after
0: yeah i'm getting better buddy i'm getting better hey it
1: was was straight up legit (laughs) i loved it
0: i loved it yeah now we've done a couple things and i always hate uh, we'll get back to more politics later right now you guys we're now now we're, we've I, i've moved us on to music because i'm in this horrible uh position now with when i'm i've been trying to get better as a guitar player and and you and i have done a couple things together i think they're hilariously funny hilariously funny but i i, I tell you you're just so good it's like I do not even want to put on, how do you even want to play a guitar around you?
1: You know, the great thing about me, <laughs> I got nothing.
0: Oh, buddy, it was, uh, it, it's it's fun, but like, the more I learn, and this is what I want to ask you, are you, you're self-taught, right?
1: Uh, I was in the beginning, yeah.
0: Okay, so, and then, and then, like?
1: the first seven or eight years i played i was self-taught and so and then but then i studied with a few different people yeah uh, Way and but by the time i started studying with people i could play really well i could already play i didn't know what i was playing but i could play really well and i was already doing session work and stuff like that and then i went back and filled in all those gaps in my knowledge with uh with school i went to uh there used to be a school in LA called the Dick Grove School of Music. And okay. It was kind of like the answer to what uh, MI is, Musicians Institute in LA, sure. GIT Institute, whatever. It was kind of the answer to that. It was back in the 70s, late 70s. And I studied with uh, some really great players and I studied with Dick Grove himself, who taught uh, theory and film scoring and all, all this incredible stuff. So, So I did get my fair share of real musical knowledge as well
0: well here's here's what I want to know like because it's it's a very frustrating journey there's there's time for me I'm saying it's a uh, there's rewarding times like oh my gosh that uh, th- that that B chord that you used to give me it was such a challenge I can do that with with relative ease now with rel- no. and it's the moment you feel good about that. <laughs> There's like, a right? There's a new set of knowledge that just like, sit the fuck down. You suck. You suck. And I'm like, <laughs> and I, I want to uh, get better. But like, when did the worm turn for you? Because you're self-taught. You're sitting there as a kid. When did you start playing?
1: I started playing when I was five. Wow. So... um. You know, and I, I learned a few chords. I don't. I don't think I did much between I was five and ten. Probably just you know what can you do between five and ten. I mean, I just strummed a few chords, played some uh, Beatles songs and Stones and Bob Dylan stuff like that. Whatever was popular when I was a kid in the sixties. And then um, I think uh, I think it's probably the what turned for me is uh, Peter Frampton was one of the guys that turned it for me and not Peter Frampton of Frampton Comes Alive, but Peter Frampton of Humble Pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Can I grab a guitar real quick? Yeah, yeah, do it. Um, Let me just grab an acoustic here. But. um, So. um, Let's see. Classic. It's not very, it's not in tune, but anyway, so uh, Humble Pie, they did like this, uh, like rock and stuff, you know, I oh, want you to love me, it's like rock, yeah. it's like this really, really rock stuff, and then it gets to the middle break, and Peter Frampton comes in, so you're expecting, you're, you know, you're expecting, you know, you're expecting something like that right right he comes in Um. he's like in other words he's swinging yeah and I'm used to Hendrix, Stones, you know, Clapton, all those straight ahead guys. And Frampton comes in. He's just playing jazz to me. Wow. He's just like sw- playing the swing jazz over the top of this rock thing. And I thought, what in the hell is that? And I think I was, like tw- I was 12 or 13. And it just it blew my mind. It absolutely blew my mind. And I thought, I want to do that. Whatever that is I want to do. And I went down that rabbit hole with Frampton, found out that his uh, um, his main influence was Django Reinhardt, the jazz guitarist from the 20s the 30s that played acoustic jazz and swung everything. And so he came from a jazz place more than a rock place. And so I got into jazz and that changed everything for me because jazz is about I mean, you have to know what you're playing now.
0: That's what I've always heard that like, that is the uh, like mathematical code that gives you all of the colors in the paint box. Like if you can, if yes. if you can understand and do jazz, now you have the tools.
1: Yeah. Well, the, you know, the thing about jazz is that, and I, and I don't mean to put down rockers because I love rock and I play rock and, and I love great rockers, but in, with jazz, it's like, You know, you have these, you have changes, you know, like you're doing stuff like this. So you got a B minor seven over an E seven flat nine to an A major seven D major seven and an A minor seven flat five to a D flat seven sharp nine to a, and you're thinking you have to know the notes in each one of these chords to play over it. You have to know all that stuff and in rock you're going E E E E G G G G. you know what i mean that's me. like that's me it's very yeah well it's me too when i play rock sometimes but but it's jazz gets very complicated and so if you can um it also gets boring for a lot of people not everybody loves to listen to jazz it makes you a little nervous it even makes me a little nervous when i hear bebop you know, that stuff kind of like feel like I had one too many cups of coffee. Yeah. But you do, if you can temper that just a little bit and just roll it back, then you get all of those great Steely Dan, the Doobie Brothers, you know, Kenny Loggins. You get all of that kind of stuff and some of the better blues players. You know that that yeah. mix in a little bit of jazz, like Robin Ford and guys like that. Then you you start to bring that into rock, and that's I find that really sexy. To me, that's like I love that kind of uh, um, sophisticated rock. Yes. Now we're a guy yes. you listen to it and you're like, oh, that wasn't just a you know. Well, that is. That just a pentatonic scale. That was something else going on there. That's that's cool. So, and I love
0: that. we're gonna we're gonna take a little break and i want to i want to talk to you about a a, uh, a youtube channel uh that i've been following uh it's oh uh, justin hawkins from uh the darkness Are you familiar oh, with him? Mm-hmm. so he analyzes music i want to talk about we're going to talk a little bit more politics i want to talk about more more about uh the music thing uh, your your online school, the stuff that's going on there. We got to take a quick break, oh, and then I, we also going to talk a little cowboy bebop in the in the jazz in the jazz part of things, which right. I have opinions on this. So hang yeah. out, everybody. Taking a break. We'll come right back with more with the wonderful with, with with the guitar, wonderful man.
1: Guitar, uh, wonderful and, man. Right. Here. <laughs>
2: I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop-up. Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors, we're also making new jobs. Alejandra, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com and the party is on. I will karate, I jitsu and drive I'm coming to see you, see you. See
0: you. See you. Okay, we're back with Brian Hayner still talking music, still talking guitars, still talking politics, all of it. That's the kind of people I hang out with. Smart people, talented people. So I I just want to get back to the whole uh, jazz aspect really quick. Here's what happened to jazz, man. Like they forgot, they forgot melody. There has to be melody. Like I hear jazz from time to time now and I'm like, okay, so, so what fucking part am I humming along with? What part am I, <laughs> am I whistling as I leave? And and jazz used to be that. And some people, uh, I, I almost guarantee that you've never watched the show uh, Cowboy Bebop, the, the animated series. I'm a huge fan of it. But, dude, you would love that soundtrack. You would love the soundtrack to it because a, a lot of the tracks there's – there's jazz, there's country, there's rock, but it's the jazz stuff that really stands out that you're humming along with it. You're like, oh, I, I like this. This is like listenable and fun and surprising, but it's also freaking melodic.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the key. You know, in jazz, uh jazz they always use standards, you know, old standards. Yeah. And the reason for that is because standards have great melodies, they have the best melodies in the world, and so you play when you would play jazz, old timey jazz, you know, it, whatever it was like, Fly Me to the Moon, you'd have, you know, Fly Me to the Moon and let me play. Da-da-da. And so, the second you'd play that melody, the sax player would play that, and yeah. then, the second time through, instead of bump, he'd go bump, boob, and bump, bump it was still recognizable yeah it was there were and then then the third time maybe a little less recognizable but you had that tune in your head and they would do variations on it and it was still there it was still at the core now you listen to jazz and it is just that it's just i have no yes. idea what it's playing
0: it's, it's just like, it's, an, it's annoying. It's, it's musical annoying. masturbation. So I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. So you're in your house, you know, you're playing guitar and you're like, whoa, Peter Frampton, Peter Frampton. But like, you've met Frampton, right? You've played with that dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I do know Peter. He's a, a wonderful guy. He's a very, very nice person. And, and, and funny, funny enough, an idol of a lot of guitar players. And because most people, when they think of Peter Frampton, they think of like a teen idol for the Alive and show me the way and all of that stuff. But they don't realize that this guy was doing session work in the 60s. He played on like Bowie's albums and stuff. Really? I didn't know that. He played played, like on a um, he played uh, when George Harrison's first album. He's like a heavy, heavy um, session player. And. He joined Humble Pie, which which was a totally great, legit rock band. And and that's really where he cut his teeth, doing that stuff. And then he quit Humble Pie, which he thought was a mistake after he did it, because they kind of blew up. And, yeah. he, oh, man, I, I quit too soon. I missed that. And so he put out a couple albums. Nothing happened. And then he puts out Frampton Comes Alive. And it's one of the big, biggest selling albums of all time. And it's what he's known for. And he has this whole like persona of the, you know, the teen idol thing. And it yeah. couldn't, couldn't be further from the truth. And and the funny thing is, after he l- stopped doing that, he, you know, he did the Frampton thing for five, six years. He rode that wave. And then he went back to doing studio work and he did a tour with Bowie that um, wow, I, I think it was the Serious Moonlight tour.
0: Oh, uh, was he? Was he who Bowie called after uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan quit?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so Frampton went back to to work with Bowie, and he played with a ton. He's played with a ton of people. The guys played on, you know, probably a hundred albums for different. He was
0: he was Toto before Toto.
1: That's exactly right. He was the See, he was the guy he was the Steve Lukather. He was the he was the dude. He was the man and uh and just uh, what still one of my favorite guitar players just a wonderful lyrical melodic style yeah never stepped on himself didn't try to play too fast or anything just always clean and perfect
0: it's crazy dude like i have a whole new appreciate it's wild like you'll see a guitar player do some amazing stuff and just as a human being you're like okay i'm looking at you know i'm looking at the Jimi hendrix and any idiot can go, okay, that's amazing. Yeah, know, that's <laughs> amazing. But then when you really start, like, I was in a band in high school and knew some bar chords. My buddy taught me some bar chords. That was about it. Like, literally, just enough to get by. And so now, like, I'm really trying. <laughs> and it's like, you, you look at, like, dudes like Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, and it's just jaw-dropping. Like, what you guys can do is just jaw-dropping it's it's insane like jack white i don't know what your thoughts are on jack white but dude he just he, he did uh seven nation army i, I posted it at the Loftus party i did this like this little mini tribute to uh uh to the glastonbury festival he did a version of seven it's like it, it, those songs keep evolving with him, like his live versions of him. Uh, and I'd love for you to ch- just check that out because he he brings the thunder. You know,
1: you know oh, who yeah. else I like now? You know who else I He's a great musician. He oh my God.
0: freaking uh, John Mayer. I'm like, I'm a John Mayer guy now. I'm like, that dude's
1: fucking great. Well, see, hey, John, that's a great example. John Mayer is another one, like Frampton. John Mayer is known for singing to girls and yes. singing love songs in that in that silky low voice you know your body and all of that stuff check out he's got a couple of albums out where it's just him a bass player and a drummer and they're just doing blues yeah they're doing straight up blues and it's like holy shit this guy is of course i knew it i i, I was you know hip to it when he first came out i knew how good he was but most people still don't. Most people think of John Mayer as, you know, this guy that sings love songs. It's like this dude is one of the heaviest guitar players of the last 20 years.
0: There is a uh, Eric Clapton is is going on the road and I'm going to try to see him. Uh, I'm going to try to see him in Ohio uh, this December. But, dude, there is a a video and it's like Good Morning America. It, and it's from like. The early 2000s. Good morning, America has like their concert in the park series. And one Friday morning at like 9 a.m. It's freaking early. They have Eric Clapton, a full band, and John Mayer. And I think oh, it's yeah. the first time. And dude, Mayer came to play. And you can oh, actually yes. see the you can actually see the look on Clapton's face where he's like, Well, hello there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that uh that one uh, uh my guitar gently weeps. They yeah. did a they did a concert for George Harrison after he died. And it was you know, Tom Petty and and some other guys and on my guitar gently weeps, Prince comes out and does the solo. There's and another one. It's one of the most remarkable solos I have ever heard any guitar player play in my life. It will give you goosebumps, it will bring tears to your eyes and this guy just if he would have never written a song or opened his mouth, this guy would have been one of the greatest guitar players who ever lived. And but the fact not. that he did open his mouth and he did write songs and he had such a huge personality, his guitar took a back seat to all of it. And to this day a lot of people don't know how good Prince was at playing guitar.
0: Here's another one. It's and that's like this is the good thing that I should be happy with. Okay. I'm I'm going to I'm going to continue sucking, but I'm going to continue I continue going. But man, I saw a clip of Prince at the Forum doing it was like his the encore or whatever. And and my guy, he's he's playing the guitar. Then he g- goes over and he's on the bass and he's he's playing the audience. And just it's absolute, like, just jaw-dropping, just jaw-dropping. Okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't wanna uh, bore people with just, uh, just me gushing over, like, everybody's like, yeah, Prince is talented. I'm like, no, you don't understand. You don't get it. What was, I wanna ask you this. So what was the, just, just for the people at, at home and and abroad and in Australia and things, what, what, what's the first song where you, like, you heard it on the radio you couldn't believe it, and you're like, holy shit, that's me. That's me playing the guitar on that one. What was the one where it like, hit you, the, like, oh, my God, this is real. I've, I've done something.
1: Um, First, I, I was on the radio a, a couple of times with you know different things up to that point. But the one that really hit me, because it went to number one, and it was a gold record, and it went to the number one spot for like three weeks, and I was... I think I was still eighteen at wow. the time, and it was uh, Car Wash by what? Rose Royce. Yeah, and I played I played guitar on Car Wash with the other. There was two other guitar players. Kenji Brown was the guitar player for Rose Royce, and they brought in Wawa Watson, who is <laughs> yeah, literally Wawa Watson is like he played. If you heard a Wawa in in the seventies on any song, it was Wawa Watson. That's what he did, and it was just—he was a remarkable uh, r and player, and so, and I was 18. Uh, I think I was just 18 when we recorded it, and uh, and then yeah, and then and I thought you know it's cool stuff, and the band hadn't done much yet, and they, but they got into, uh, they had a couple of songs on the radio, and but then the the movie came out Car Wash, and it was yeah. the theme song to the movie with Richard Pryor, and I played on a couple of the tracks that was you know that they used in the movie and then i think it was later that year the the song came out maybe it was like six months later i don't know the song came out and it went to number one and i remember listening to it on the radio and hearing my little guitar part in the background going damn i'm on a i'm on a number one song on the radio that's pretty cool
0: i can't imagine dude i cannot imagine and then does it does it get like commonplace after a while we're like okay like you're in the studio, you're you're recording something. Do you know? Do you know? You're like, okay, this one's gonna be a this one's gonna be a turd, or do you think, uh-oh, this one this here's something.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you you can tell a good song from a bad song, but you it's hard to tell a hit. You know, that's just that's up to the gods, and and it's also up to the artist. You know. Yeah. The the artist has so much to do with it. You know, uh, Neil Diamond. Uh, put out an album in 1960, I think it was early 66, with a song uh, he wrote called I'm a Believer. And, yeah. and the, the album never made it into the top 200. Wow. And the song never saw the light of day, never got on the radio. So um, he was writing for, uh, you know, at the Brill Building in, in New York City. And he and Kirshner said, you know, we're looking for songs for this new group that we're putting on TV and so they took a couple of his songs of Neil Diamond songs and I'm a believer was one of them gave it to the monkeys and obviously the rest is history so uh, and the and Neil Diamond's version sounds remarkably similar no wow. exact but I mean it's 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 not like his version sucked it was but so the so the uh, um, you know that the artist has so much to do with it if you can which is why every great writer who just is a songwriter wants to get their song to the, to the biggest artist. Yeah. You, you, if you if you've written a great song, I guarantee you, like you're in Nashville, you've written a great song. You don't want to give that song to somebody who's up and coming that you hope will have a hit someday. You want to give it to Luke Bryant. You want to give it to the guy that has the number one hits. Cause you know, people you'll get it in front of an audience that way. So yeah. The cream rises at the top, and the best songs go to the best artist, blah 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 but uh but yeah, yeah i'm like I said, you never I, I I've never been able to tell what a hit was, you know for the most part i it's, I can't tell you if it's a good or a bad song
0: It's strange though, man, but like I'm listening to you talking and it's it's making absolute sense, and it's just it almost is like a metaphor. You know, for, uh, for for information in the modern age, like you can have people who are legit on the, the, the biggest story, the biggest piece of inside information that, that, oh, they've got it. They've written the thing. But if you don't get it to the right people to amplify it, it nothing ever happens.
1: Completely. Yeah. If you have 20 Twitter followers, you're screwed unless, you know, Matt Walsh or Joe Rogan or somebody retweets you.
0: Yeah. That's so, wild. Yeah. Like I guess that's true for everything, but here's me being slow, just making that just making that connection. But uh it's 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 wild that I didn't realize that I knew Neil da- Neil Diamond wrote I'm a believer, but I didn't realize it was he had he recorded it and had it out and it just laid there.
1: Yeah. Do yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Before that, his career didn't do any, he was like, you know, nothing. It was literally nothing. And that song kind of put him on the map. And I think shortly after that, he released another album with maybe Cherry Cherry. Yeah, that's a good one or, or Red Red Wine, something like that. But one, a couple of his first hits. And that's really kind of what launched him into the 70s when he became huge. You know what?
0: I, I just, and you you probably knew this, but like David Bowie and, and Lou Reed, both worked for like a music service and they would, they would write lyrics for songs like this, this music company would have, yeah, they would have the melody. Uh, and then they would, they would hand it over to the, like these staff writers. And like, I guess Lou Reed could just write the lyrics to a song, like nobody's business. Same thing with Bowie could just be like, boom, boom, boom. Just there's, there's lyrics. Just an incredible, incredible gift. Did you know that?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Both it's, those guys. Usually usually you don't get a gift for both. You get yeah. a gift for one or the other. You know? But, uh, I, I mean, it, you can do both. And there's a lot of people that do both that do great. But the, somebody you're talking about like that, that has a real gift, it's usually one or the other. You don't get both. And obviously, Bowie, Bowie had both. He could... His music was as amazing as his lyrics were.
0: Yeah, it's uh, anyway, it's uh, I, I find the whole thing just in, in incredibly, uh, you know, fascinating. And and you can you could have a hit song. You could have a big hunk of information if nobody. I mean, that's the thing with like conspiracy theories, right? Like everybody goes, oh, my gosh, uh, I have this piece of information. But it, because it's coming from them, it's just a wacko conspiracy theory until somebody finally Boy, we've come full circle on this
1: one, right? Yeah, it's very much like the National Enquirer used to be. You remember that? The yeah, is, I don't. Even, is that still around? I don't even know if it is or not. But the National Enquirer would have like, you know, they'd have five stories, and four of them would be, you know, Elvis had a baby with an alien. Yeah. And then one of them would be like the Watergate break-in. and and it all looked like it all looked like bs everybody would just laugh about it because it was just a rag that was a joke but every like fifth story they they nailed it and got it right like six months before it ever came out
0: right and that's like that's the terrifying thing now because now we we live in an, uh, an age where like the new york post is like wow we have hunter biden's laptop we have looked at it, and this is, and then you've got fifty-one intelligence experts going, "Nah, that's Russian disinformation." And then you're not allowed to be on the internet. Like they know, ex- they know exactly what we're they're doing with, like, "Oh, oh we got to."
1: Of course. You,
0: oh, dude, did you see uh, the, the the interview with um, Sam Harris?
1: Yes.
0: So I wish yeah. we had the clip. I don't have a clip. So everybody, so Sam Harris is ge- giving an interview on some. Uh, podcast or something and he's just like uh yeah you know the, the the media did get together to make sure that uh the hunter biden story got got crushed and, and good for them that's any and, you know whatever you got to do hunter biden could have had a pile of dead kids in his basement i still would have voted for uh for joe it was the most he was just acknowledging what we've all thought
1: you know yeah, like, he's yeah he just said that he said the quiet part out loud what millions of leftists believe and that is the the ends justify the means even yeah. if it even if it goes against our constitution and our and our very you know republic
0: yeah it is uh it, it's i'm i'm i mean i'm glad he did it it's one of those things and there should be a german word for it where <laughs> where yeah. someone you have you have a theory, a bunch of people other have a theory, and then someone says it and you're shocked but not surprised. Shoprig for Fragenfrekers. <laughs> okay.
1: That's a, that sounded more Swedish than German. That yeah.
0: really did. That really did. I'm on this I'm on this uh this uh new Schwabenland kick and that'll that'll be on the Patreon segment <laughs> of the show. You guys <laughs> yeah, new I rode the Schwab-
1: roller coaster there. It was uh it was scary.
0: I'm gonna. I'm just telling the people now. There's gonna be another portion of the show. It's over on Patreon, and uh, New Schwabenland. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, get the fuck ready. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while I still have you, uh, I want to talk about you. First of all, you have to do better at letting me know when you're gonna live stream. I, you're, you've got this really cool. Uh, online guitar school that i have signed up for which you should probably if you if you'd like to give the name for that i invite you to do that miss tahena
1: yeah it's just it's sinner.com but with a y s y n n e r yeah and uh and named after my son uh sinister gates we we put the school together uh you know both of us and uh and we, I think we have 200 videos up. I did 150, basically taking you from day one on guitar up to advanced. And he did 50 videos of advanced and beyond of the the, the kind of shredding that he does.
0: And it's free, you guys. It's free. Yeah. So, and this is what I want to do. Now, is this the kind of thing, I don't know what your lives are like, but like our, our people, are our, our students, like me, are we getting out our guitars and and trying to go through exercises or is it scales? Is it theory? What, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, it's 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 both. It's uh, you know, there's there's scales, there's technique, you know, uh, you know, fingering techniques and uh, Hello. exercises and pick techniques, how to hold the pick, you know, how to how to uh, sweep pick all of those things. And then you have uh, a ton of scales obviously that play through you know different chords and then you have the chords and then you have the theory behind all of it and so yeah it's a it's a little smattering of everything and it starts starts at the beginning and takes you by the hand all the way through it
0: i love it i love it now how often are you streaming are you doing that once a week you're doing it what, what's the what's the schedule guy
1: <laughs> yeah. i have a I i recorded a blues album uh, last year and we were trying to figure out how to release it and you know you release an album and you you know you put it on spotify or whatever and everybody's excited and then a week later you're done yeah so um so we decided what would be fun was if i uh, released one song a month and did a live stream so i give a guitar lesson i do a Q&A, I just you know, joke around. And then we play this song. We give a sneak preview of the song and I talk about it, how it was written. Um, you know, what I use the recording techniques, all, all of that stuff. And then, uh, and then that goes up on the next week, it goes up on Spotify and YouTube and all, and all of that. But, uh, so yeah, I'm doing it once a month. I'll be doing that for a while. I'm not sure how much longer, but, um, I think we're on song four. So there's, you know, maybe eight more songs to go.
0: I love it. So what, what was this week's song? Because I want to put it at theloftestparty.com.
1: This week's song was kind of cool. It's called Paris Café. And it's okay. a, it was a... Because uh, I've been doing straight-ahead blues stuff. And this one was a slow gypsy jazz. So Sweet. So it's acoustic, slow gypsy jazz. Has a very Parisian vibe to a little accordion. And the premise of the song was uh, basically... Anytime a game-changer comes along, I think... At least me, I always think, did the guy or gal uh, sell their soul to the devil? Yeah. You know what I mean? When somebody comes along that's so much more advanced than anybody, when you when you get a Da Vinci or you get an Einstein or, or Mozart or something, you always wonder, you know, the Faust thing comes in. Did you, the uh-huh. crossroads, did you sell your soul to the devil? So that's what this song's about. This is, you know, Django Reinhardt meets Faust, basically. So when wow. sell, Sold to the devil to become the greatest guitar player in the world. And uh, yeah, it's got a dark kind of moody vibe to it. But uh, but I'm happy with it. it. Came out good.
0: I just want well, I can't wait. I can't. Now I have something I'm going to I'm going to freaking listen to that. I'm going to post it. I'm going to break it down. I'm going to I'm going to put it at this dot uh, that, That's that's freaking great, dude. I just thought I didn't realize you had an album out. I saw that you had released a couple of songs. I didn't realize there was a whole album, guy.
1: That's huge. Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's a blues album and it will be fully released I think by December. I'll probably have it fully released, you know, all the songs during these streams once a month. I should have it released by December and then I'll put it out. You know, each song's on Spotify as I go. So you yeah. can you can access it, but I will do the full album release and then probably my son and I will will do a live stream together and like a listening party. Yeah. We'll have people on and listen to the album and talk about it and stuff. So,
0: I but I think you just gave me the name for my album. My album is going to be fully released.
1: F- fully released. Okay. <laughs> yes. And what, I will, I will, I will, uh, I will stay six feet back. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's and really fully masked. masked. I'm
0: hoping for. Uh, i want to be uh, here's who's here's, here's where i, I want to get my uh i want to get my uh playing to the level of uh oh my gosh uh, the eagles of death metal the guy the, the eagles of death metal is, uh, is described as the best worst guitar player
1: that's where i right that's where i want to be i think that guy's great though mm. i love that i love the eagles of death metal Eric, Eagles, I, of I, Death,
0: Eagles of Death one. Metal is uh, is very good, and then what's the other band uh, that that dude has? There's the phenomenal guitarist from those guys. They're 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 yeah they're wonderful. Uh, they're absolutely wonderful. But uh, oh my gosh, congratulations on the album, my guy. That's that's, that's great. It, yeah. That's a that's a that's a big big deal. And everybody needs to uh, pick up a guitar and get on your computer. And, and the, the name of the, the school again? Sinner.com. Sinner.com.
1: S-Y-N-N-E-R.
0: S-Y. That's great. All right, dude, thanks so much for being here. You know what? It's funny. It's like we left a lot of stuff on the table. There's a lot of stuff that I still want to talk about, but we're, we're both very busy human beings. I think you're probably er having having left Los Angeles uh, for the, the warm climbs of vermont bennington running
1: vermont. i miss you know what i miss i miss i miss mexican food you cannot yeah. get they i had chips and salsa they use flour tortillas for the for the chips they they fried flour tortillas really yeah i mean does? i i was aghast i was i i didn't even know what to say but, but now but fortunately <laughs> biden is uh working on uh Changing that, And so I'm sure we'll have some Mexicans here pretty soon cooking some food.
0: Yes, it's it's probably all part of the Inflation Reduction Act.
1: That's,
0: <laughs> it's probably tucked in there somewhere. What a, what an, what a just an absolute I, – I, I, well, you're, we're about to open up a whole can of worms here. Yeah. By having, having a thing that doesn't do anything that it says in the title that it's going to do and does all this uh, climate change, green energy – horrible
1: it's too yeah it's terrible it's like it's it's like the uh the free beer act and you're like cool where's the free beer it's like oh no no this means that no one can own dogs (laughs) right what the hell what are you talking about yeah it's just the opposite of what it says it is and
0: like right on cue like right on cue everybody wonders like wow when did college get so expensive college got expensive. Once the government started paying for it, once the government's like, hey, we'll help pay for that, then college is like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be super expensive. So one of the things in this whole uh, Inflation Reduction Act is like, man, we're going to give you seventy five hundred bucks if you run out and buy a new electric vehicle. And everybody who makes an electric car just made their electric cars. Like $8,000 more expensive.
1: Exactly. You lost $500 <laughs> on the deal. That's how beautiful that was. <laughs> it's.
0: It, oh, oh, it's, yeah. I, we, can't, we can't go down this path. Well, I'm going to go down this path alone, Brian, on, on the Patreon segment of the show, where I'm going to be blowing people's minds uh, with more tales of, of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act and New Schwab and Land.
1: Schwab Land.
0: Let's do a
1: show. Let's do a show soon.
0: We're going to have to. We're going to have to. Uh, 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 in fact, we are We are going to, Brian. That's something else I'm going to talk to you about. <laughs> I probably should have told you.
1: <laughs> you know me. I love you. I love you, Michael. Where, I'm in. Wherever I you are, you. I'm, I'm there.
0: All righty. Thanks for being on the show, everybody. Brian Hayner. Go check it out. Get the album. Learn how to play guitar. It's all wonderful. We will talk to you very, very soon. Come join me on the Patreon segment.